welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. This week we're heading back over to good old Blighty over here in the UK and looking at a haunting figure from the Midlands known as Black Annis or Black Agnes. Firstly, I have to confess, an apology is needed. Last week I said this monster was from Birmingham when I said Brummy last week. It's because I have a terrible memory, but I have to say actually both kind of count as the Midlands, so I wasn't 100% wrong, but this monster is actually from Leicestershire, not Birmingham, so just to clear that up. Anyway, we'll get on with it. So Black Anis is a boogeyman figure from Leicestershire folklore. You would think that considering we're only a tiny little island, we do have significantly different folklore figures from different regions across the UK. It's wild. Black Anis, however, alongside maybe Jenny Greenteeth, is one of the most famous figures from UK scary folklore. She is described as a blue-faced hag or witch, with long fingers tipped with iron-sharp claws that tear through flesh. She was sometimes described as having glowing eyes and sharp, massive teeth as well, although she's usually depicted as a horrible-looking crone with a black-hooded cape, kind of reminiscent of the witch in the Disney classic Snow White, but an important addition here is that she's a witch, a hag, so she is immortal in our folklore. I am so sorry she's immortal. (laughs) But she's said to live in the Dane Hills area of Leicestershire, which If you're around the area or know the area at all, it's near the town of Newfoundpool. I've not had a chance to visit, so if you've been there or live up there, go have a look at where the Dane Hills are. But let me know if you've been up there or before I meander up there to see for myself. There is apparently a specific cave that she lives in called Black Anisboa Close, which according to legend, she carved out of the sandstone rock with her own claws. Its entrance is blocked by a massive oak tree, which apparently kept the bigger prey away from her vulnerable self. Now I say bigger prey, and this is because she's an avid human eater. I can't really call her a cannibal, as she's not really human, but she especially really loves eating children, and sometimes the occasional lamb. She took absolute joy in skinning her victims, hanging their gross skin husks from her oak tree, and then stitching it into her human skin skirt. She would either wait outside windows or doors to snatch you, or would occasionally pounce like a cat from the tree. Also, good note here is that she never left the cave in the light. For good reason, obviously. She was hideous. Now, much like a banshee from Irish folklore, you could tell she was coming like a bad smell. She would apparently grind her teeth and howl to let you know that she was nearby, and this could be heard up to five miles away so it gave people a chance to sort themselves out. In order to keep her away, they would board up the windows and doors with animal skins and layer up protective herbs around the threshold of the house to dissuade her. Also, really cool architectural fact is that houses in Leicestershire were originally made with very small windows, apparently so that Black Anis could only get a single bony arm in, as obviously glass wasn't a thing back in the 18th century. That's when this monster comes from. 
Obviously, you can see how these parents would use the story to scare their children into keeping their windows closed in the night, staying out of the woods, or behaving in general. It was a thing to make sure that children were told not to venture into the Dane Hills alone, otherwise she would eat them. But either way, she is listed as a boogeyman-type creature. We've covered a few others in this category of monster, but we're not even scratching the surface with this type yet. Moving swiftly on to etymology, there really isn't that much to look into with this name. Any use of the word black in a name usually refers to darkness, malice or evil, and Annis is a name. She has many others that are similar, such as Agnes, Annie, Anna, so we can imagine it's just the most old-timey of these choices. There's also a debate on whether the monster was named after the cave she lives in, which is Black Annie's Bower Close, but some people think this wasn't named in honour of her rather than before. But we don't know, so who knows? The history of Black Annis goes back as far as the early Celts, which is realistically a first for the podcast. We've not covered a Celtish monster yet. But that's because she has been linked to the Celtic earth goddess Danu, who bore the Tuatha, who we'll eventually cover in another episode. They're a very cool monster. However, she has also been linked to the Norse goddess of death Hel, the Hindu Kali, the Greek Demeter, and the Egyptian Isis Hathor, all of which are the goddesses of death or linked to death within their kind of ways. The only real exception to that is Demeter, who is the goddess of fertility, but they're linked either way. Her daughter is Persephone, the queen of the underworld. It works. The earliest account, though, written down of Black Annis, is in two title deeds from the 18th century. So this is for a piece of land called, guess what? Black Annie's Bower Close. This was then immortalised in the book County Folklore, which was written in 1895 by the Folklore Society. This followed with a poem, which I have a little extract of here. "'Tis said the soul of mortal man recoiled to view Black Annis's eyes so fierce and wild. Vast talons foul with human flesh there grew, in place of hands and features livid blue. Glared in her visage, whilst her obscene waist, warm skins of human victims close embraced. Not without terror they the cave survey, where hung the monstrous trophies of her sway. Tis said in the rock large rooms were found, scooped with her claws beneath the flinty ground. How amazing is that? Now other links to Black Annis are mostly that of witches, but there is another book that talks about our monstrous of the week. This is The Triumph of the Moon, a history of modern pagan witchcraft by Ronald Hutton, who said that Black Annis was actually a real person called Agnes Scott. She was a nun who became completely secular and lived in the cave to be completely away from society, which definitely backs up the hag theory, living in a cave. Who does that? Speaking of her cave, though, in the 19th century, it was filled in. Some think this would bury her, but of course she is immortal. So from then on, folklore calls her Cat Anna, able to sneak around in cat form underneath Leicester Castle, hunting people there instead. A really sad point to go off of that though, in the modern era, the former cave side has now been turned into a massive housing estate. I mean, maybe that means if you live there, you're her only potential prey, but who knows, maybe keep your eyes out for a scary looking cat. Although, as I said earlier, she's certainly not the only British boogeyman. 
She's one of the bigger ones, definitely, but the other ones kind of linked to her are Jenny Greenteeth, Nelly Longarms, Peg Powler. However, they're different in the sense that they are all linked to water. They are water spirits, water ghosts. Whilst Annis is very much a wandering forest spirit with a very specific location, which is really rare in terms of monsters, actually. And don't worry, we will cover all of those ladies later too. Don't worry. If you don't know English geography, and why would you, even if you live here, it makes complete sense that you don't know any of our counties, Leicestershire is actually a very small county. If we compare this to bigger monsters such as Mothman in the US, which we covered last year, he specifically lives in the area of Appalachia, which is actually a massive area in regards to landmass. In comparison to Leicester, it's mental big. It's wild how small the UK is in comparison to these massive world power countries. We are so small. Which makes it even wilder that we have a folklore and history as rich and amazing as we do, although I do understand that colonisation was a lot of things. So there's that too, I suppose. Now, before we move on to cultural significance in media, I do have to note that there are not many. It was a real struggle for me to find any. So I found a bunch of things that relate to child snatching crones, witches who kill kids, or generally boogeyman who fit within that same MO. So don't be like, Erin, Jeepers Creepers doesn't have Black Anison. I know, nothing does. Alright, so for art, there's nothing but independent stuff. But some of it is truly, truly amazing. I really recommend going and have a look at just Google Images, to be honest, and looking at the amazing art that people have put out. The most famous one, the one that will come up at first. I cannot find the artist anywhere, but the art is absolutely amazing. Truly captures what Black Anis looks like. Highly recommend you check it out. But in movies, we have a few for the trope, such as The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Coraline, The BFG, The Boogeyman... Candyman, Jeepers Creepers, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Pan's Labyrinth, Hocus Pocus, It, and Don't Look Under the Bed. Now, excitingly, in TV, we actually have two that she's actually in, and that's Doom Patrol and The Outsider, but others in this category include Grimm, Masters of Horror, Doctor Who, The Outer Limits, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Supernatural, Angel, Torchwood, True Blood, and even Game of Thrones. Now, an honourable mention here is the first one, it's Doom Patrol, so she does feature in the DC comic as one of the 64 alter personas of Kay Chalice or Crazy Jane. She's one of the members of the Doom Patrol superhero squad. Go have a look. Now, in video games, it's a very, very low pool, I'm afraid. We have Drakengard, Fire Emblem, Icewind Drake 2, Pokemon, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Boogeyman, Diablo, Five Nights at Freddy's, and Bioshock 2. Lastly, my book recommendations this week are, I must say, very on point. My first book is the one I mentioned earlier, The Triumph of the Moon, A History of Modern Pagan Witchcraft by Ronald Hutton, because it's a solid read, that's why. The other one is The Forgotten Folktales of the English Counties by Ruth Tung, or you can look into more British folklore books if you fancy, but this one is definitely my recommendation. Now it's time for... Do I think they existed? Do I think a version of the Boogeyman exists? Probably, probably not. But this one is so ingrained into culture and folklore that actually it's believed by loads of people across the world. 
if we're just looking at the boogeyman in particular. For Annis, though, I'm not sure if we have something that specific, but I'm now imagining a boogeyman convention for all of them across the world, and I'm just liking this idea more. However, because this one is so well believed, and the whole trope of having a monster in your wardrobe is pretty much worldwide, how can I say no? As much as it being a manifestation of anxiety and fear amalgamated into a physical form, some people suffer with stuff like this, and especially children, with super active and imaginative brains. When I was younger, I was super susceptible to things like this. It's one of the reasons I don't watch horror movies. Being creative sometimes has its downsides, but also how amazing is it that we can come up with this stuff? You can't write it. And I really love covering stuff like this. It's so interesting to compare what we can imagine as humanity based on emotion, fear. It's such a fun topic. And as much as I despise the idea of an actual boogeyman or creature of the night grabbing me, the idea of these existing is just so worth it. Next week, we've got one last female figure in our month-long appreciation, and we're heading back over to Japan for one of the more well-known monsters. We're going to be looking at the wonderful Kitsune next week, so get your foxtails ready for this one. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast, you know, if you feel like it. But come join the fun, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes. Thank you.